Proverbs 4, verse 23. Keep your heart, say my heart, with all diligence, for out of it, out of your heart, spring the issues of life. In the New Living Translation, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And I want you to notice, guard your heart above all else. There are a lot of things that we need to guard uh, in our life, but the Scripture points us to, in very strong terms, that you guard your heart. Say, my heart. That you guard your heart above everything else. You know, we guard water sources. We guard, you know, our, our precious plants. We do all kinds of things. Speaking of water sources, when I was a kid, uh, if you were out playing and you got thirsty, you just drank whatever you kind of found. Didn't, didn't you ever do? And growing up in Florida, you just find a hose somewhere. Turn it on, let the hot water run out, the frogs come out. And you were good to go. I, I remember being out in the middle of a field playing with some of my buddies, and there's just this this pipe came up and it had a faucet on it, and we were thirsty, so we we drank. Who knows where it came from? <laughs> and the other day, uh, I was in Orlando actually, and I was parked right by this hedge, and there was a sign up, and it says, uh, "Water from this source is not drinkable." <laughs> and I thought, I wonder if I've ever drank anything not drinkable, you know. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we guard ourselves in so many ways. Everybody's got bottled water and water filters and water systems, all the things. And, we're, and, and it's good. You should, you should do all that. You should guard your, your water because otherwise some things might happen to you. I went to Honduras a few years ago and things happened to me. But um, <laughs> in the name of water. So I want you to think this out with me for a moment. If your heart must be guarded then it must be vulnerable. If we have to guard it, then there must be something about it that it is vulnerable, and it is indeed vulnerable. Let me review something real quick from last week here, that the contents of your heart, what gets in your heart, determines, anybody remember? The condition. The contents determine the condition of your heart. So I have to guard my heart because what gets inside of it then is going to determine the condition of my heart. And then that takes it a step further where then the condition of my heart colors how I hear and see the world around me, how I interpret what's going on around, how I read or misread people, events, or different things because how things are colored. If you're a negative person, if you're cynical, if uh, untrusting, whatever it would be, you're that way that colors things. You don't believe people. You don't trust people. You're negative about uh, news or, or, or situations or whatever. That doesn't just occur. And we're going we're gonna to dive into that this morning. That kind of happens because of the condition of your heart. And the condition of your heart was determined by what got into your heart. And so we're going to explore that here a little bit this morning. Now, last week, um, I read to you the parable of the sower. I prefer to call it, as I told you, the parable of the soils. There's one sower. There's the four soils. There's much to be learned out of this parable. But the takeaway for us, at least this morning, is this. Jesus, when he explained the parable, he went, he went on to say that the soil... The, the seed got planted into the soil actually represented our hearts. It actually represented our hearts. And so 
I love that analogy because that reveals something incredible to us. Y'all with me this morning? It, it reveals to us that just like the soil, let me talk about the soil for a moment. Anything that gets planted or dropped into the soil, the soil is going to try to make it, it's going to try to make it grow. So think about that in the soil, anything that gets planted, put in there, the soil is going to endeavor to make it grow. I showed you pictures last week of a fence post. You plant a a fence post in soil. The soil is just going to do what the soil does. And the soil is going to try to make that thing grow. And because it won't grow, you know what will happen to that fence post? It's going to rot. It's going to rot. And a Coke bottle that maybe got buried somehow, if you dig it up later, what the soil tried to do to it was to make it grow. And in the process, it scorched it, it pocked it, uh, made it even brittle and discolored it. But, you know, what it was trying to do is just trying to make it grow. And the same is true of our hearts, that whatever gets into our hearts, whatever, positive or negative, whatever gets into our heart, the soil is going to try to make it grow. And so if this is your heart, and watch this because this is how we guard our hearts. Things happen, words get said. You get exposed to something, you know, something else happens. You do something, you hang out with some folks, and guess what happens? Those things get into your heart. Y'all with me? And if you don't get them out, negative things, if you don't get them out of your heart, then they're going to start to grow roots. And then if you still don't get them out, then guess what? It's going to start to grow. Things are going to start to spring up in your life. And you, all of us have some weeds, some plants, some shrubs, some trees, some forests, some sequoias, some national parks. Okay? And, and we have to pay attention to this and guard our heart on all of these levels. The first way that you want to guard your heart is what gets in. So you want to endeavor all that you can to keep things from getting into your heart. Uh, And you're not going to be, and I want to discourage you, I just want to be realist about this. You're not going to be able to keep everything out. We're in such a media-saturated culture. We are inundated with images, words, sounds, lyrics, all of those things. It It is worked so hard and so well on society and culture as we know it, that you're not going to be able to guard your ear gates, your eye gates, and so forth with 100% success. I heard yesterday on the news that the upcoming Super Bowl, all of the commercials sold out early. All of the commercials sold out at record prices. I think it's like $3.2 million for 30 seconds. But here's, here's the real, the bad news on this. They said the commercials in this year's Super Bowl, for the most part, will be the most racy, smutty commercials that we've seen. And I'm wanting to sit down and watch Super Bowl with my boys. And so we're going to have to guard our hearts. We can't say, well, it's the Super Bowl. It just goes with it because we've got to guard our hearts. Well, that's really old fashioned. Yeah, but the word of God is eternal and that outlasts old fashioned. And it says you've got to guard your heart. So what are we going to do? I don't know. No, we, we do kind of know. I remember years and years ago, I was actually in a singles group. This was forever ago. And it really was. And there are about 20 of us over at this girl's house, and we were going to watch this movie. And she says, now there's a couple of spots in the movie that, that we really shouldn't see. So when those things came up, she had a bath towel 
And she'd get in front of the TV and make noise and, and cover it over and then go out of the way. That was pre-TiVo. And what Alicia does now is when junk comes on, she just will pause it. And then we'll kind of wait it out and then we go to live. And you say, really, you know, that's so overkill. No, we have to guard our hearts because our, our life comes out of our hearts. Are you hearing me? And, and listen, I, I know you'd say, well, I'm much more tolerant than that. No, you need, you, need, you need to guard your heart. You cannot just listen to anything, watch anything, partake anything. You just, you just really can't. It's kind of like this, you know, if there's a lot of mosquitoes, and you're trying to get in the house and they're all around and all those bugs around your, your light right by the door. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Y'all have doors? Okay. Sorry. Uh, and you try to get in without all those coming in. You can try your best. You can swat and move fast, but you're not going to keep them all out. So once you get in the house and they're floating around in your house, what do you do then? Kill them. Come on. You kill them. You don't just go, oh, mosquitoes got in. Go ahead. No, you kill them. You're swatting. You're spraying. Get your flamethrower out. You do what it takes. But we've got to guard our hearts. So first of all, you've got to guard your heart on the level of trying to keep things from getting in. And then if they do get in, then we want to deal with them as quick as we can. Okay? As quick as we can. Again, going back to this idea of the heart. It is best for us, it is best, it is best for us that as things happen or said, that quickly, God, I'm sorry, Lord, help me, replace it with some other good things, and be very, very proactive uh, concerning that. Now, guarding our hearts deals with our present, but guarding our hearts also deals with the past. We're to guard our hearts in a very proactive sense, but we also need to guard our hearts in kind of a reactive sense of the things that have already maybe gotten planted into our hearts and they're affecting our life. They've taken root. So things get planted. And this is the thing about it. All of us have had some things planted in our heart. And maybe we weren't aware. Maybe we were aware. Maybe we were ill-equipped and uninformed and didn't know what to do. Maybe, uh, you know, there's a host of reasons why it, got into our heart, stayed in our heart, got rooted in our heart, and grew up in our heart. Here's the bad news. It's affecting you, and it's affecting the people around you. And so we want to, through this series, find out how we can, from Scripture, uh, how can we deal with these things and guard our hearts also in that reactive sense that we're going back and fixing some things in our heart. Did you know God can restore your heart? He can heal your heart. He can cleanse your heart. Get this. He can soften your heart. I mean, God can do this and we want him. I want him to do this in me. I want him to do this in you as well. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 verse 43. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man, watch this carefully, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, of his heart, of his heart, brings forth good. I'll go back and read that again. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, 
His mouth speaks. And so things, you know, we've got to realize that the things that come out of us came out of us. And a good tree does not bear bad fruit. And there's a treasure. There's something that's been deposited and reposited within us that we have to we have to guard that. We have to work at that, deal with that. So that's going to be what comes out of us. Jesus goes on in Mark chapter 7, verse 20 through 23. I'm reading this from today's English version. It says, and he went on to say, watch this. It is what comes out of you that makes you unclean. For from the inside, help me with these next three words, from the heart, from, for from the inside, from the heart, your heart, come the evil ideas which lead you to do immoral things, to rob, kill, commit adultery, be greedy, and do all sorts of evil things, deceit, indecency, jealousy, slander, pride, and folly. All these evil things come from inside you and make you unclean. Now, you need to know that you didn't arrive on the scene preloaded. Things have happened to you that have caused you to have what you have in your heart. So you didn't just, you know, and I know inherently a person may be kind of like this or they tend to be like this or whatever. But uh, you may have propensity and weakness even towards some things and strength towards some things. But ultimately, it's what gets into your heart. And so where did these things come from? Well, we can point and say it's because of my friend that I said that. No, it's not. Maybe you heard that from your friend. Maybe you saw your friend acting that way. This happened in my life. My parents, Why, since when did you start talking like this? So it's when do you start acting like this? What, my, my friend, your friend, nothing. I heard it. I got influenced. I got exposed to things by my friend. But guess what? It had to pass through here. And then it comes out. So what we have to do is guard our heart and go, you know what? I'm not going to act that way. I'm not going to say that. And I learned those things quickly. So we must learn to deal with what may be planted in our hearts. Socrates said the unexamined life is not worth living. He was a, a philosopher. I just want you to consider that. The unexamined life is not worth living. I also read recently that It's impossible to be a good leader without self-awareness. So I think what all of us have to do is begin to look at ourselves, consider ourselves. Paul said this, judge yourself so you don't have to be judged. Wasn't it always better in school that you caught your mistake and changed it rather than turn it in and the teacher turn it back with big red X marks? So it's better to judge yourself than to be judged. And so there is a place of introspection, self-awareness, examining yourself. Are you here? That is very, very important. So I'm going to ask you some questions and do not answer these out loud, okay? But this is going to help us to kind of look at ourselves a little bit. The basic question is this, why are you, and then we're going to kind of fill in the blank. And again, please do not answer out loud. Why are you undisciplined? Why are you defensive? Why are you rebellious? Why are you cynical, impure? bossy, a pushover, untrusting. Why are you addicted? Why are you angry? Why are you critical? Why can't you relax? Why are you promiscuous? Why are you a workaholic? Why are you lazy? 
Why are you insecure? Why are you so easily offended? Why are you irresponsible? Why do you always feel overly responsible? Why can't you finish things? Why are you discontent? Did I miss anyone? (laughs) We're all in the list. And the list could go on. But listen, at some point, church, listen, at some point, you have to look at yourself and go, why am I this way? Why do I do this? Why do I never do that? Why can't I do that? Why every time I do this? And we have to look at this. You cannot just leave it lie. You've got to guard your heart. You've got to examine your life for two reasons, several reasons, actually. Okay. Number one, you are here to glorify God. I said, you are here to glorify God. And the other thing is you're here to impact other people. And if you're grumpy, grouchy, cynical, negative, critical, that's just the way I am. And my dad was that way. And my grandpa after him. Yeah. And you are a thrill a minute to be around. And the thing is too, you're not having a good time. The people around you aren't having a good time and it does not glorify God and it violates scripture. And so we've got to look at ourselves. And if you're insecure, you're pushover, or, you know, all of these different things, addicted, whatever it would be, why am I this way? Why am I this way? And this is not psychology. What psychology is, is just a diagram of how you work. And we have to load this machine with scripture and we'll get some help. It's not just this little verse here and there by Jesus. It's application of the truth of Jesus that we put into this mechanism. And that involves sometimes we've got to look at, why am I this way? Why do I always do that? Why do I never do that? And we've got to look at that because we've got to make progress from where we are. Amen? Now, where do these things come from? They come from our hearts. Well, no, I I think it comes from personality. Only to a degree. Really has to do with something that's happened in our life. It largely has to do with something that's happened in your, in your past or combinations of it. Alicia watches this show and sometimes I'll sit in and watch parts of it on uh, hoarders and buried alive. Some of y'all, it's on discovery TV and stuff. Some of y'all, come on. The interesting thing is, and it's actually a sickness and, and they can't throw anything away. And so their house, they just literally buried alive with keeping all, all this stuff and worthless stuff. And, you know, just cannot stop shopping and collecting. And, and it's just, it's unhealthy. It's not safe. It's, it's, it's wrong. And the thing though, whenever these specialists and doctors and different things are talking and their families talking, the interesting thing to me is they weren't always that way. And at some point, something happened or a combination of things happened and something kind of snapped, something kind of turned and they began to act this way. Uh, a few weeks ago, she had it on and I saw in this lady and she'd lost some family members and lost a job and some other things. And the best way they described it is she just decided no one will ever take anything else from me. And, and I, I'll keep these things. Don't take these things. They're mine. And it's a point of control. But listen, for all of us, and maybe not that traumatic or dramatic, but all of us have had things happen, combination of things happen to us. And we, we have to pay attention to this. It is said that your biography helps to shape your theology. 
And that is what's going on in your life helps to shape your system of beliefs. You know, I have some very firm convictions. Uh, I shared them a couple weeks ago on Wednesday about alcohol. And it's not just what scripture says to me, but it also has to do with my upbringing and some things that happened in my family. And then as a chaplain with the sheriff's office and a pastor for over 30 years, you know, seeing things happen and being on situations that I have some, my theology concerning this is also partially shaped by my biography of what I've lived through. That it really reinforced where another person, you know, they haven't been exposed to those things. They may have a, a, a whole different view. And we, we need to look at because your life story affects how you believe and approach things. So things have happened in, in, in all of us. In an event, crisis, trauma, rejection, training. You know, we've, we've had things modeled in front of us. Words, environments, companions, relationship you were in. We've had things happen, you know, for some of you, you had things modeled for you. This is how you react all the time. This is the way, if you don't get your way, this is what you do. And we've had all of these things kind of modeled for us. And what happens over the course of time, seed gets planted. It stays there. Sometimes even gets watered, starts to get roots, starts to spring up. And before you know it, you've got these, these trees in our life. There are a number of ways that we deal with this. Are you still with me? I realize we're covering a lot of ground today, but we're in just a few moments. I'm going to give you a little plan of action to start to work in. And I'm telling you what progress can begin today. People deal with these in different ways. The first way that they deal with it is denial, denial. And that is that a person would ignore it. Book of Jeremiah in the living Bible. I believe it's 614 says that you cannot fix a thing by saying it's not there. You can't fix a thing by saying it's not there. Oh, that's not a problem. It's not a problem. No big deal. And a lot of times people try to ignore something, uh, outrun something, just deny its existence in their life and, and write it off somehow as that's not a problem. And they'll, they'll try to handle it through denial. Another way is people try to cope with things. And that is they'll just, they'll just say, well, this is my lot in life. It is what it is. I can't help it. Or we blame somebody or whatever, and we just kind of cope. You know, it's just the way it goes kind of thing. And that's not healthy. Both of these, neither one of these are healthy. When we have things in our life, you with me? Yes. When we have things in our life like this, it doesn't glorify God. It doesn't help us. It doesn't help other people. And if we deny these situations in our life, that's not healthy. And if we just cope with them, that's not healthy. And actually, believers are not called to cope. Believers are to be delivered. They're to be set free. Jesus made a way for that. The third thing is, this is how we do. We act. We act. We take action. We confront things. We examine things in our own life. We uproot things. We chop things down. We grind up the roots. And we plant new and we nurture new and we, and we expose ourselves to good things and feed good things in our life. And it's very, very important that we do this. Don't deny. Don't cope. It's time to act. It's time to, okay, look at this in my life. Get help if need be and, and deal with these things so that we can get free. You need to know that your heart can be cleansed. Your heart can be healed. Your heart can be softened. Your heart can be renewed. And this soil can be reclaimed. 
And you can glorify God and you can enjoy the ride and you can be a blessing to other people. Amen. Now, in Psalm 139, Psalm 139, and Morris uh, sang some of this earlier. It says, search me, O God. Everybody say that. Search me, O God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. I want to show you a couple of things just real quick. And, and before I get in, into these three things, just going to take a couple minutes here. Everybody lock in with me here. First of all, you need to know this and look at me. Jesus is your answer. Your help comes from the Lord. The psalmist says, my help comes from the Lord. And then next page, his resume. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. My question to you. If he made heaven and earth, can he help your deal? I think so. And so I take great courage from the fact that my help comes from the Lord and he made heaven and earth. So he can help my situation. As big as it seems to me, nothing is impossible. Nothing is even difficult for the Lord. So ultimately it is us cooperating with God. But ultimately our, our help, our hope comes from the Lord. So from this passage here in Psalm 139, the first thing you need to do is you need to invite God. Invite God to search you. That's the little search icon. (laughs) Or not. Listen to me. God Almighty who knows everything, who can do anything, who knows you best and yet still loves you most. You need to invite him. Search my heart. Invite him. He already knows. But you need to invite him. And listen to me. You can trust him. You can trust him. Invite him. Search my heart. Search my heart. Examine me. Examine me. And this is going to require that you come before him. You show up. Sit down. Kneel down maybe. And get still. And invite him to come in. And to search you. It's kind of like the heart exam. Secondly, you need to agree with God. Because if you invite him, he will show you. Hello? If you invite him, he will show you. See if there be any wicked way in me. Point out to me anything that offends you. He'll do it. How many of you know that there's probably more than one or two things? But God is merciful and kind. And you know what? You invite him. He won't suddenly show up with three FedEx trucks full of documents. (laughs) Document one, page one. He will triage you. You know, if you'd somehow got injured somehow, God forbid. And you need two surgeries and you need some stitches and we got to stop some bleeding and we got to do this. We got to do this and this and this and this. We may not be able to do everything at once. But God in his infinite wisdom and his mercy for you says, son, daughter, we're going to start right here. And he'll show you something. But it's very important that when you get your test results, you had the hard exam, you're getting the results. Listen to me. It's very important that you agree with God. Don't get defensive. Well, father, if you'd live the life that I have to, don't even start. And don't argue. Don't argue with God. Don't take exception with God. 
He resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. And if God shows you something and says, you know what part of your problem is? You're selfish. Part of your problem is you just see yourself always as a victim. Part of it, you're so prideful. Why are you this? You're this, you're this. And as God shows you, he'll do it in a way that's not going to crush you. But he will do it in a way that touches you. And when that happens, you just need to agree and give him a holy, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And humble yourself because humility releases grace. And grace is what helps us. So first of all, we invite him. Secondly, we agree. And then the third thing is we follow. Lead me in the way everlasting. And let me tell you, you'll be able to keep up. Step by step, day by day, he'll begin to show you, this is what I need you to do now. And listen, no matter what the condition of your heart is right now, something holy and something incredible. Are you with me? Don't zone on me yet. Something holy and incredible will happen. And I, and I would encourage you, and this is, this is an important Bible thing, to kneel before the creator of heaven and earth, the family for whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And humble yourself before a holy God, like I said again, who knows you best and loves you most. And just invite him. God, if there's anything in my life. Actually, don't even add the if. Because you already know. God, show me. Where do you want to work in me? Show me. And he will show you. And you agree with him. And now follow him. Lead me in the path everlasting. And he'll show you the next step. And you'll be able to keep up. Have you ever been in a class or something before and hopefully not church that you just couldn't keep up? I can remember pre-algebra and the ladies just on the chalkboard. And I just got lost and there's no time, no room for questions. Plus I was discovering girls. And I missed it. But I'm telling you what, you're going to be able to keep up with God. And he'll show you and get what it says. Lead me. He'll lead you in that path everlasting. He'll show you step by step. And you know what's going to start to happen? Progress and healing starts happening the moment you invite him. Grace comes into your life and starts to help you. The instant I agree. God, you're right. Yes, sir. And now he'll start to show you step by step by step. We're going to get into some very particular things over the next few weeks that are going to help all of us. I trust this is helping you. And I want to encourage you like never before, guard your heart. Actively, proactively guard your heart. Reactively guard the things that you know are planted there. But guard your heart above everything else you guard because that's where your life comes from. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.